Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation, as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction. Starring score baseball insider Bruce Levine and half of Chicago's number one sports morning show, David Haw, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. And always live on the free Odyssey app, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Good Saturday morning, Chicago. Welcome back inside the clubhouse right here on 670 The Score and your free Odyssey app, broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios. I am David Haw, along with Bruce Levine, until 11 o'clock, talking baseball again on the final weekend of a regular season that cannot end soon enough for the White Sox. But the Cubs might consider the start of something good. Good morning, Bruce. How are you? Good morning, David. Yeah, you're right. It's uh, it's an ever-changing 162-game season. And, uh, you know, let's, let's say first of all, David, uh, 162 games uninterrupted. Uh, something different. Uh, 2020, 2021. 21 was uninterrupted, but it didn't start until the middle of June with uh, full fans in the stands. So this was something to really be uh, thankful for and remarkably back to normal for people that love the game, love sports, and just a a happy, healthy year. So we're very, very grateful for that. But, uh, you know, getting back to the main topicality here, and that is that... uh, it is a good ending for the Chicago Cubs this year, having won 10 out of 11. The White Sox, you know, gone through this awful stretch at the end here after everybody felt the team was back online under Miguel Cairo and everything was going to be pointed toward the playoffs and then hitting that eight-game skid. Can't end soon enough for the Chicago White Sox, even though they've won two in a row. Yeah, just to bring people up to date in case you went to bed early or maybe just actively ignored the White Sox. They beat Hugh Darvish and the Padres, who were a postseason team. They were out in San Diego, 3-1 to winners uh, out on the West Coast. The Cubs, meanwhile, as you've alluded to, Bruce, 6-1 to winners over the Reds at Wrigley Field on Friday afternoon. They're back at it today. Same two teams, same ballpark, same time. 12.45 right here on the score, the pregame show. Cubs now five straight. Getting great starting pitching, getting some real timely hitting, but it's all about the pitching on the north side 
with the White Sox. Where do you want to start? We're going to get into a lot of this today as we examine the manager's role, as we examine what they do with the roster that has too many duplicate, duplicate parts. We've got a lot to look at in terms of the front office. 312-644-6767, Bruce. There are a lot of ways that we could attack what went wrong with the White Sox and, frankly, what is going right with the Cubs. I think one common theme, and I think it's some, it bears asking as we look around baseball as well, with two teams in the playoffs that made managerial changes during the season, the, the Toronto Blue Jays are in, the Philadelphia Phillies close. What is the role and, of a manager and how much impact can one guy have on his baseball team? It's a great question, David. Uh, and again, 312-644-6767. This is the Chicago Fan Show. David and I are just uh, running it for you for the time being. Uh, two hours every Saturday, 52 weeks out of the year. But David, it's a wonderful question because we've had many people over the past 10 years uh, and a lot of people, you know, the great minds and great shows that we do on this station are under the opinion that managers don't matter that much when it comes to outcomes. And I guess if you want to take that that look at, uh, you know, the La Russa situation, you might say um, they were a division winner and won 93 games in 2021. And under Larissa this year, they were 62 and 65. Under Cairo, they're 16 and 14. So pretty much the same team. Uh, what difference did the manager make in a year where they had injuries, where they had uh, failures of uh, star players to play up to their capability, a lack of uh, home runs where there, it appears for the first time in who knows how long in a full season, the White Sox won't even have a 20 home run hitter on their team. Uh, where is this the finger pointed and what is the reason? What is the manager's role going forward, I guess, is what we uh, talk about and how important is it? It's a good question. I think everybody's got their opinions. And uh, Bruce, I think the consensus is that Tony Larusa was more liability than asset on the south side. And I know you may not agree with that, but that's what makes this a really interesting debate. I do want to ask you before we get too much into this discussion and before we get to the phone calls from the listeners and the audience that will weigh in, what can you tell us about the latest in regard to Tony LaRusa? He is obviously um, not managing again. That was announced, but I just wanted to know, in, in, before we get to the informed speculation about what lies ahead, what, what do you think um, will happen and what do you know based on your relationships with people in the game that um, you have tapped into in the past week. So no decision's been made by the Chicago White Sox as to uh, Tony La Russa's role for next year. Uh, he has a contract at this point. Uh, they are monitoring his health and viability of, of being able to come back next year. Uh, those discussions, I'm sure, will have been taken place and will take place uh, as um, – the season ends here and they, they go into the off season, but we can tell you no decision has been made. There were reports and a, you know, a number of them on Twitter saying that he's out as manager and that he's uh, out of the organization. Those aren't true that those decisions have not been made at this point in time. So from that perspective, uh, do we expect Tony La Russa to be back next year? I don't think a lot of people do. Uh, 
I, I personally don't think he's going to be back as a manager, but uh, that's just my speculation. It's not based on talking to anybody in the White Sox organization or Tony himself. Uh, I, I think there's a strong possibility that Tony La Russa will remain a part of the White Sox organization if he is healthy enough, if he is wanting to, and uh, if the White Sox find a role that fits Tony La Russa other than manager. But again, it's pure speculation on that. I can tell you flat out for real that uh, he has not been told he's being let go and he is uh, the decision uh, on next year will be one made between him and the White Sox and uh, it hasn't been made yet. Your experience in this is, is why I think it's, it, I look forward to the show every Saturday morning. I, I want to get your opinions on a lot of things, but specifically about what we're talking about in terms of managers. And I want to zoom out for a moment because you look around baseball, and I mentioned the two, the Blue Jays and the Phillies. They make managerial moves in season. Kind of controversial in Philadelphia. They got rid of Joe Girardi in May. I think it was June 3rd, excuse me, and they were 22-29, and 29, and Rob Thompson has gotten that team on the verge of, of a postseason berth. They have a half-game lead over the Brewers. We saw the Cubs sweep the Phillies this week. Good baseball team. Cubs took care of business, though. You look at Rob Thompson's impact. You look at Toronto. They are 42-27 and 27 since making the change from uh, to, to John Schneider in Toronto. And, Bruce, overnight, the Seattle Mariners broke the longest playoffs drought in, in professional sports, 21 years. The Mariners are back in the playoffs. Scott Service, former Cub catcher, back on that 98 team. He's been there a while. This is going to be his first postseason. And so he probably went from being thought he was discounted and irrelevant to now, boy, celebrated and, uh, and, and looking forward to their postseason. So you have a lot of different examples. Is it as easy to put one, one philosophy that applies to – because it's, it's, I guess the, my point is it's so different depending on the organization, depending on the context of the season, and depending on your roster. Well, I think you said it at the end, the roster. So uh, what type of quality do you have? Uh, how will injuries impact you? And who will have bad years? Uh, if it appears the, the White Sox had everything going the beginning of the year. Uh, they had many injuries. And uh, the guys that were on the field, for the most part, didn't live up to the back of their baseball card. Uh, I mean, how many guys on the White Sox actually played to the level that was expected of them when they were on the field this year, okay? Go around. Let's let's quickly go around. Catcher, absolutely not. No. Third base, third base no. no, David, right? Shortstop, Anderson was hitting 300, but impactfully, not the same player. 79 games. Right, right. Uh, second base, you know, eh, they'll, no. they'll be looking for another second base. Abreu, uh, a lot of pluses. Uh Probably the best player on the team uh, didn't live up to the the, the 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 slug that they wanted from him. Okay, left field Eloy hurt. When he's out there, hits pretty well. Robert hurt 80 games. Okay, right field I think we can say Vaughn uh, had a good year and it shows some promise. And that uh, you know Sheets has been showing some good power from the left side, more contact, but. My point, I guess, is just proven as we go around. So you, we started with the premise, a great roster. looked like it, right? Then injury had a big impact. 
and then having poor seasons. Uh, the majority of the White Sox players had poor seasons this year. Uh, Tony La Russa or not in the equation, Miguel Cairo or not in the equation. It just happens to be a, uh, a combining of injuries and a bad year. And then the, uh, the illness of La Russa kind of exacerbated the whole thing. So uh, you tell me, David, your perspective on it. All right, I will tell you that everything you said about the injuries is indisputable because the White Sox have had, you know, as bad of a streak in that regard as any team in baseball. You look at the Twins, though, they've been hit by injuries as well. I think the point of comparison, and this may be just a very provincial, convenient one to make, but even with those injuries, Bruce, I wonder talent-wise if the White Sox are a more talented team than the Cubs, and I think the answer is yes. And I look at the Cubs, and I look at the limitations that they have on their roster, and I see them doing things, regardless of the lack of pressure, and people will say, you know, they aren't in the midst of a pennant race, and the expectations were so low, it's easier to operate and to function in that environment. But I also see David Ross managing a team that's aggressive, that's trying to force mistakes from your opponent, that's playing smart and sound defense, that running the bases intelligently for the most part, getting quality pitching absolutely from unexpected sources. But I see a team being managed and being maximized in terms of potential on the north side, and I look at the White Sox with the need for the manager to be more impactful by being a team that has a reduced margin for error so they're going to be smarter on the bases, by being a team that's more defensively sound and and more focused and intense in in those situations and being the smartest team on the field when the White Sox are the clear opposite. So I think my own, my own comparison, I do hold the manager a little more responsible with the White Sox for their failure to meet expectations because I look at the Cubs and I see what they're doing with David Ross and I'm thinking, wow, that's how a manager can impact a baseball team. You can't leave out the, uh, the uh, front office either and the vulnerability of the roster after the stars got hurt. Uh, I don't think you and I, if we were a general manager and executive vice president could have done better than Kenny Williams or um, Rick Hahn in this situation. But uh, I think that it, it will cause them and uh, Jerry Reinsdorf to look at the depth of the lineup and the depth of the 26 man roster and look at that uh, with a little bit more import because of the fact that injuries are such a big factor involved in baseball these days. Uh, but, you, you know, you look at, you know, La Russa and his, uh, and his vulnerability as manager and his record, you, you can see uh, most of the year them starting four or five guys that were bench players, okay? You're not going to win a pennant when you're starting most of your bench all year long, okay? That is just a reality. It's a reality of the situation. Uh, It's a reality of Anderson, Jimenez, and Robert all playing uh, 50% of the games in 2021-22. Don't answer now. I want to get your answer before the show is over, though, Bruce, because when you're talking about this and we're talking about the youth and the – that's being served with the Cubs, and we saw the prospects gathered at Wrigley Field for a prospect camp, and Pete Crow Armstrong is there with Matt Mervis and all kinds of guys walking around with with futures that are bright. Which team in town is closer to winning a World Series? 
Is it the White Sox or is it the Cubs? And I think that it's it's a really more interesting discussion than it probably should be on the first day of October. Certainly a, a more interesting discussion than we expected it to be at this stage of the baseball season. But let's right now, as we ponder the answer to that question, let's go to the score listener line powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com, 312-644-6767. Let us know what you think about our discussion over managers or about the White Sox and the Cubs. Mike is in Glencoe. Mike, welcome inside the clubhouse. Good morning, fellas, and I appreciate very much being on the phone today with you. Your producer is very nice. I wanted to say something. I'm a very cranky Sox fan, and I agree that that they're not a successful franchise, and that's Mr. Reinsdorf's fault. But I also believe that he's he needs to be recognized for what he has done with the Sox, and that is it's been a stable franchise. If you were a fan of my era, and I'm 67, you grew up with yearly threats that the Sox were going to move. Uh, you grew up with the Bill Vec team who had no business being a baseball owner because he didn't have the money. You can say what you want about Reinsdorf, and yes, he did almost move the team when he first bought it. But in the ensuing, what, 35, 38 years? It's been a stable business, a stable franchise. We haven't had to worry about him moving the team. But for those people who are anxious for Reinsdorf to sell the team, you got to be careful what you ask for because the question will arise again uh, if some shark buys the team. Uh, they're going to look at this operation and say, we can make more money somewhere else, and they'll take it there. So I think we need to be real careful when we criticize Reinsdorf because at the very least, he's kept the team in Chicago. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate the phone call, Bruce. I think that's a very low bar, and I, I would counter Mike respectfully by saying the White Sox have not won a playoff series since 2005. They have two playoff victories in games since that point. He hijacked the managerial process two years ago, which set the franchise back. So I feel very comfortable criticizing Jerry Reinsdorf. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I think you, you take the hijacking too far because then you leave out 2021 and realize that they won a division, right? So you're separating, are you separating 2021 from 2022 or are you just, you're not including that? They won the division. They got nowhere in the playoffs. It was a World okay. Series or bust mentality. He was hired to replace Ricky Renteria to take the next step that right. never was taken. Right, but it was their first division that they had won since uh, two, 2008, right? So I don't think he was the right man for the right time for this White Sox open okay. window oh, that's of, fair. of Look, championships. I, 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 so. don't, I don't argue your opinion. I, yeah. I'm just, you know, perspective-wise – what I'm saying about if we want to talk about Jerry Reinsdorf's ownership is I think he'd be the first one to tell you that they should have been more successful uh, and gone to the playoffs years in a row uh, throughout the 40 years that he and uh, his partners have owned the Chicago White Sox. I don't I don't think you'd get any uh, any argument from him whatsoever about that. Yeah, and I think that. Uh, applauding your ownership group or your owner specifically for not moving your team. Again, if you are that fan, that's okay. Those are your standards and you are entitled to have whatever expectations you take into every season. But I, I think it's a pretty low bar to clear. Let's go back to the phone lines. Rodney is on the South side. Rodney, welcome inside the clubhouse. Good morning, Rodney. Okay. Um, the response to that last caller Jerry Reinsdorf has won for 42 years. There's no, that's no excuse. Won for 42 years in Chicago. But pertaining to this team today, the general manager and the president put this team together. Okay? 
I mean, you can use the injuries, you can use guys for having bad years, but the general manager and the president didn't do, didn't do anything in the offseason. Nothing. They didn't do anything to trade their line. Okay? To me, I don't understand how a guy like Dayton Moore can be fired at Kansas City, but Jerry, I mean, uh, Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn is not called to the carpet as we speak. Please explain that to me. Thanks for the phone call. Bruce, what do you think? A fair call, Rodney. Uh, I I would say that um, the uh, standards for Jerry Reinsdorf as far as his people go and what he looks for in his front office and the people around him uh, is different from the other owners. And that uh, uh, hard work, loyalty, and... uh, stick-to-itiveness is what Jerry Reinsdorf looks at. As far as the end result to winning, uh, obviously uh, that has been the goal all along, but it hasn't been the number one thing as to how people retain their jobs or don't retain their jobs in the organization. Yeah, I think that's a good point, Bruce. I do think that looking at the front office with the White Sox and concluding that there is no need for change and, and embracing the status quo. That's not the way I would look at it. I just have to be honest here. After uh, Rick Hahn's tenure, he took over in 2012, 27 of the 29 teams have made changes at the general manager position. The two that haven't are Brian Cashman and Mike Rizzo. They both have World Series rings. I, I wonder what how they're going to sell this if they don't make any changes, and I look forward in, to that in because that's what I expect. Rick and Kenny – they were in conversations last year for uh, being executives of the year, okay, uh, with the White, White Sox winning the division, okay? Those- Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Those awards are based on the regular season, okay? Not on uh, whether you made it deep to the playoffs or not. So so we, we ha- you have to be fair about it, and, and you have to say that the rebuild that they put together was impressive with the talent that they came up with. And the trades that they made were impressive. Uh, some of the free agents have not worked out. Uh, that has been something that uh, the White Sox organization has to wear uh, for a long time. And some of them, 
like, is there a better uh, free signing this year than Johnny Cueto? I mean, he kept the White Sox afloat for most of the year. Obviously, it's not going to amount to much as far as White Sox fans' mentality, but uh, there, there are there are very good things that the White Sox run off. We got a done. break, but I, yeah. I could counter that by saying Johnny Cueto was made necessary because Carlos Rodon was let go, and look what he did in San Francisco. Uh, he just got done finishing a season that I think every White Sox fan would have liked to see him have yeah. on the south side. Well, let but go we'll and con- signing for $42 million are two different things, right? Well, I guess that's a good point, Bruce. We, yeah. we need to continue this debate after the break. We continue to argue. But you know what? Next, when we come back, one of our favorite segments, Chin Music, right here on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. High and inside, oh, Chin Music, a little Chin Music, take that hit for a ride. It's time for some Chin Music. Hey, Aunt, how about a warning? Sure. Watch out you don't get killed. <laughs> because sometimes in baseball, you've got to send a strong message, especially when someone has it coming. Each Saturday, David and Bruce come in high and tight with a response to something that deserves one, like this. Would you consider Ozzie Gian a viable candidate? No. Because? Because no. Now, here's the thing. I love Ozzie. I think he's... I think he's number one. I think Ozzy is a terrific baseball guy. I think Ozzy is a very funny guy. I think he understands how to put together or manage a winning team as he did in 2005. I don't doubt Ozzy's talent for, for one second because I think he's one of the most aware and one of the most astute baseball guys around. And he's been that way for quite some time. It allowed him to, uh, to achieve what he did as a player, later achieve what he did as a coach, and, of course, achieve what he did as a White Sox manager. I, having said all of those things, and, again, I really enjoy Ozzy. I don't think that he's coming back to this team. Welcome back inside the clubhouse. David Hall, Bruce Levine to 11 o'clock playing chin music. And that was Steve Stone on the Mullen Haw Show on Wednesday, Thursday, I believe it was. And Bruce, very definitive about Ozzy Guillen's potential candidacy for a managerial opening if one is exists on the south side with the White Sox. Maybe people weren't surprised that direction and, and Ozzy not being a viable candidate. I guess I was a little bit surprised at how emphatic Steve Stone was in answering the question. Well, he's emphatic because he's knowledgeable. And why is he knowledgeable? He's been in the organization for 15 years, okay? Um, he has the trust and he has the... Um, information from people that are in the know okay does is it a hundred percent all the time no it's not okay uh, but steve is as sharp and is uh hooked in as most people uh in the game as as any person in the game so from his perspective he knows what i know and that we'll just share in the show that uh when ozzy burned his bridge with the white Sox in 2011 and uh, moved on to miami uh that was the end of a total trust in Ozzy. Okay. Do they love Ozzy? Yes. Does Jerry Reinsdorf love Ozzy as a friend and a guy that brought a championship to the Chicago White Sox? A hundred percent. Does Kenny Williams uh, admire and love Ozzy for what he did and who he is? Absolutely. One of the great players in the game, one of the great managers in the game, but that doesn't change the fact that 
They just don't trust him enough to make him manager again. And that Bruce. is my opinion. Okay. It's based on what I've seen, what I've talked to. I don't agree with it. I think that, you know, look at the relationship between Billy Martin and the Yankees. How many times <laughs> he was brought back by Steinbrenner. How many times they won championships uh, with Martin. Uh, I, I think, you know, th- that's it. But from my perspective, Ozzy's not going to manage this team. And I think I think he would have done a, a terrific job and. He should should be managing somewhere because he's a brilliant baseball guy that can get the most out of all the players, including no matter what country they're from or or who uh, who they represent. Uh, Ozzy is a great baseball guy, but I don't think it's just it's it's not going to happen here uh, with uh, Jerry Reinsdorf and his partners as owners of the team. I just don't think and it will. And what you're alluding to at the end of the 11th season is that he left before the season was over. Is that what you're referring to in burning a bridge and destroying the trust? Uh, he left, but you know there was already uh, pretty much a deal in place with the Marlins to manage that team. Okay, okay? that's where it was. Okay, so hey. so uh, and, and again, uh, Ozzy, I don't think did anything horribly wrong except look for his future and look for uh, a chance to uh, go and manage again because the relationship between him and Kenny at that time had deteriorated to the point where. It was not functioning, and the team wasn't playing up to the standards that they thought it should be, whether it was uh, Kenny's fault, Ozzy's fault, or a combination of the two. The reality was is that uh, that ship had sailed, and it was time for Ozzy to go somewhere else. That, well, that I think people, people change over the course sides. of the decade. People evolve, and, right. I, and I just think it's inconsistent logic to want to cling to the status quo when it comes to the decision makers in the front office and yet reject this premise that going back to the past for somebody who is eager to manage and probably has changed as a man and as a professional wouldn't be a, a smart move to make for a team that needs it. And I think you know you have to look at what this team needs most, and I think it needs attention to the right. details. It needs a motivational uh, manager at some point because you need somebody that's going to get the most out of – out of the, the roster. That said, I think we both agree what the reason Steve Stone was emphatic, as you point out, as you know, is that this, this front office, this ownership group, Jerry Reinsdorf, is not going to go in that direction, even though I would contend to make the argument that it is the right direction for this team to go at this time. Now, well, go ahead. You can yeah, answer that because I, I want to get to a well, list I, of guys I will who say, do make sense. I will say that, that – that, that they did sign off on the fact that Ozzy could be on a pre and post game and and tell the truth like no one else tells the truth. Uh, I mean, it's it's must watch post game with with Ozzy and Chuck because uh, Ozzy it tells you exactly what he thinks on a daily basis and he will say the team sucks that day and he will he will take a fan's perspective on why they made two errors and what and why they're not focused and. Uh, it's just tremendous entertainment, and he's, it is. he's the most honest but, guy. He's the most is. honest Bruce, guy you'd ever meet in your life. He can't get into Yoan Moncada's face from the studio. You, you can't tell he, him. He's, he's, he's gotten in his face. But he's the, gotten not, in his face. In the fourth inning, in real time, yeah. you can't make a substitution because the guy's lagging and being lazy from the studio. I mean, yeah, and, being a manager uh, is much different. I, I guess uh, – I guess the question is, if you hit 212 like Mankata has, and you look to the bench and you and you see that all the uh, alternatives are injured, um, 
I guess it's Mankata that's going to go out there, no matter whether it's Ozzy, John McGraw, or Tony Larusa, or uh, or Cairo managing the team. You know, it's it's a matter of uh, depth on your bench and and who's up next. Uh, I I don't think it's a matter of him making twenty million a year. Quickly before we break, I'm going to give you my short list. I want you to see if you it would add anybody: Bruce Bochy, Joe Girardi, Miguel Cairo, because you owe him an interview at least. AJ Przinsky, Chris Getz. Willie Harris. Those would be yeah. six men that I would interview for the job. And I would interview Ozzy, but it's not going to happen. So I think that uh, I have to be realistic here. I'd interview Tony LaRusso. I would end that chapter. I would close <laughs> it. I would thank him for the memories. That, that's and I would move be on. The, but honestly, that's going to be the first interview. Are you healthy? Uh, can you continue? And then uh, the, the, the second part is management saying, do we want you to continue uh, as manager? And uh, if you don't continue as manager, uh, do we want you uh, as a part of our front office going forward? Those are, those are the, the, the first questions that will be answered uh, after the season ends by uh, Kenny Williams, Rick Hahn, and Jerry Reinsdorf, and, and Tony LaRusso. Before we move but, on to the Cubs in the next segment, Bruce, do you expect that kind of clarity to come as early as this week as the season ends? We left one name out, Joe Madden. I probably wouldn't go that direction, and I don't expect yeah. the White Sox to. Is he too old for you? No. I think that it probably isn't the kind of fit they're looking for. I will still read the book of Joe, and I will definitely look forward to um, seeing what he has to say with Tom Verducci. But I would so not hire from, him as a White Sox manager. So going from a 78-year-old manager to a 68-year-old manager doesn't impact you on that decision i'm trying to be realistic and put my list together bruce and i don't think joe madden is a fit for jerry reinsdorf that's more than anything i don't i don't know i think i think they have a pretty a pretty uh a strong and friendly relationship from the past not uh not in depth but uh always a good one and i, I don't know i mean because he was fired twice now does that erode what joe brings to the table I don't think so, but I, I just don't know how realistic it is. I'm going to have to think about this one now, Bruce. You've made, my list is not, no longer a short list. It's a, it's a kind of short list. Is Cairo really uh, 16 and 14? Is he, is he on that list for you? That's a courtesy interview. I'm sorry. It, you respect what he tried to do. He's an impossible situation, started strong, yeah. finished with a fizzle. I don't think that you can realistically hire Miguel Cairo to replace How about Tony two weeks Russo. ago? Well, that was two weeks ago. Things change, Bruce. Keep up. <laughs> keep up. All right. Let's keep up and talk about the Cubs when we come back. Wilson Contreras had some very interesting things to say about the future as well this week. We will hear them next on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. And always live on the free Odyssey app presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Uh, it's, for me, it's more like feeling that, I, that I'm wanted. That I, I want to be somewhere that I'm wanted. And I feel like. like Gonna appreciate when I when I, when I do on the field and off the field. Uh, a place they appreciate what I, what I bring to the clubhouse and, and 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 what I can do. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, David Haw, Bruce Levine here, Chicago Sports Radio, six seventy. The score until eleven o'clock. Talking baseball. That was Wilson Contreras, who is entering possibly his final 
homestand, uh, his final home game as a Chicago Cub tomorrow. We've been down this path before, Bruce, with the long goodbyes and the maybe farewells. Wilson Contreras will be a free agent. The Cubs can make him a qualifying offer, and he said he would consider signing it. What lies ahead for Wilson Contreras, and how likely, Bruce, is it that the Cubs make that qualifying offer that if Wilson Contreras signs, guarantees him $19 million next year? Before the show, David, you and I, you know, we have to inform our, our great listeners and people that pay attention to Chicago baseball. We talked about the fact that um, myself, I haven't done a very good job of covering Wilson Contreras' free agency because I, I never directly have asked him um, why the Chicago Cubs don't want to sign him. And and what he thinks the reason is. Um, because you heard in that soundbite, and it's worth playing again if you want to, David, him saying, I need someone to show that they care about me and they believe in me. It's obvious they don't hear, okay? Uh, for whatever reason, I, I think they, they certainly respect what he's done here. I think they respect the way... Uh, that he's gone about working to become a better catcher, that he's been an all-star three times, an all-star starter three times for the Chicago Cubs. But the disconnect is we've never really found out the reason why they don't want him to continue with the Chicago Cubs. We never heard that he's turned down contract offers like we did from Rizzo, Bryant, and Baez. Uh, it was always out there that there were offers made to those guys and right. that they didn't think they didn't think it was good enough. We've never heard that with Wilson Contreras. So I guess I guess the the bad work that I've done is has there ever been a long-term contract offered and uh it, does Contreras uh now just know that for this whole last year that he's moving on because he's been so respectful through this process. He's been so good at uh, talking to every reporter that's come up to his cubicle and, and talking at length about uh, his free agency and about uh, wanting to move on and how much he loves the organization. Uh, I don't think he's had a misstep along the way. And by the well, way, let me hazard a guess. All-star all starter again in 2022 for the National you, League. You can't just let a all-star catcher get out of town. And I think that's why they'll extend the offer so they are guaranteed some sort of compensation. But let's get to the bigger question that you pose. I just think that the Cubs have concluded that Wilson Contreras is not the right catcher for this emphasis on pitching. And when you look at Adrian Sampson having as good of a month of September as any pitcher in the National League, going five starts with six-plus innings or more with giving up one run or fewer, something that hasn't been done since Hugh Darvish was in town. When you look at Javier Assad, when you look at Hayden Wesneski, and you've got Justin Steele and Keegan Thompson, you've got the core and the foundation of a young pitching infrastructure you want to build on. I don't think they believe Wilson Contreras is equipped as a catcher, as a receiver, to pay what he thinks he is worth. I think that's a tactical mistake. I think that's going to be a huge or they regret. But I don't think they're motivated to put him behind the plate as these pitchers develop because I don't think they trust him to be part of that development. Don't forget that there was a very excellent defensive catcher that the Cubs uh, had, and now he's the manager of the team. Uh, 
he has to be part of the equation as well when they ask him about uh, is Wilson Contreras somebody that you think can be our guy that navigates these young pitchers moving forward. So, uh, and I don't know that as a, I don't know that factually, but I do know for sure that David Ross is an impactful manager as far as his opinions go Bingo. as far as player personnel. Bingo, Bruce. You just answered your own question, and it also ties into this whole idea how impactful is a manager. You gotta, you gotta believe that if David Ross. If David Ross would want Wilson Contreras to stay, Wilson Contreras would stay. David Ross has that kind of sway in the organization. He has that kind of gravitas. His weight, his words carry weight. If David Ross said, Wilson Contreras has got to stay, Jed, I want him here. He's the right guy for this staff. I got to think the, the discussion would be over, but it's not happened. So I don't think that David Ross is sold on Wilson Contreras. Yeah, I, I don't think he's the sole reason why that would happen, but uh, I, I think it's an organization opinion. Um, whether it's, I, I think it's more, David, uh, pitches called, okay? Because contrary to opinion, catchers do call games for pitchers. When they're looking at the in the dugout and you see they're waiting for a sign, that's 95% of the time, almost 100% of the time, just people looking at uh, these situations going down the line. Uh, David, uh, take it away, my friend. Well, I think that when you talk about the Wilson Contreras conundrum, it is one thing that will help determine what the offseason will hold. If you are serious about contending in 2023 if you are serious about challenging for a divisional title or a playoff berth then you've got to consider creating another hole at a position that's very important so I don't know if that will mean Jed Hoyer and Carter Hawkins and David Ross you know discuss a different plan of action but I do think that Wilson Contreras all-star catcher Wilson Contreras is somebody they should really give a long, hard look to before they determine that he's worth letting walk away. Now, the options exist, Bruce, as we know. $19 million is what it would cost him if he signs a qualifying offer, but you're the Cubs, and you have to make that offer or risk losing him for nothing, and I think that's a better risk-reward. You take the risk that he's going to sign it because the free agent market also uh, will be out there. He'll give him some options, but I don't know how robust it will be. There weren't a lot of opportunities there and a lot of teams interested at the trade deadline when we were thinking that Wilson Contreras was on his way out of town, and that was the last time we were saying, well, this is the last this for that, this for Wilson Contreras. This is his last appearance at Wrigley Field. Stay tuned. There's a lot more drama. There's a lot more to unfold in the Wilson Contreras saga, but he wants to be, go where he is wanted. It's just unclear right now how badly the Cubs want to keep him. All right, when we come up, come back, we have a big 10 o'clock hour ahead for you. Jason Hayward is not going to be a Chicago Cub for much longer. This is indeed his last week on the team. He has not been active since June, but he's getting a send-off, and we will talk to him at 1030. When we come back, we asked the question earlier in the show, which team is closer to winning a championship. Is it the Chicago Cubs, who were 36-29 and 29 since the All-Star break, one of the biggest surprises in the National League, or is it the Chicago White Sox? With all that talent, 
the most disappointing team in baseball. Are they coming back and getting ready to make another run on it? How open is their championship window after this disappointing season? Let us know what you think. If you were on hold or you hung up, call back. We're going to get to your calls when we return. 312-644-6767 with Bruce Levine. I'm David Haw talking baseball inside the clubhouse at Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.